All right, let's uh, see here. Text message yesterday I mentioned how many teachers selling their souls in the discussion about Abigail Schreier. I understand the unbelievable pressure that many are under to teach what they do, but still there is a line that no one should cross. Oh, that just beeped on me and I lost it. (laughs) Uh, A line that no one should cross when it comes to children's gender. Then we have this one here. And my phone keeps playing up. Okay, cohesive control must be a horrific experience. Um, I did a study on this issue last year. What's surprising me is that women and men are suffering this scourge. Women women with young children are obviously affected more. Good to hear so many people are being recognised for their wonderful efforts to improve the problems in society. And, of course, you know, that particular... Uh, incident with uh, Hannah and her children last year really did capture the attention of the nation. Mm. Um, The media was full of it at the time, and yet it is a story that is told over and over and over and over again. And, you know, I tend to think you get a beautiful young mother uh, who is killed in such horrific circumstances and it's going to get the media attention and and, and catch our attention much more than, you know, where poverty-stricken people suffer this kind of thing, you know, on a daily kind of basis across Australia and we don't even think about it. And that's kind of where our Bible study is going to go today. Mm. You know, you've got a similar situation in the US where you've got that young girl, I've forgotten her name off the top of my head, but uh, road-tripping girl, van-lifing girl who went missing and they was murdered and her boyfriend is now missing. Uh, and, you know, it, it's caught the... The, the headlines of the world. We talk about it over here in Australia uh, because she was an Instagram social media influencer and, you know, this kind of thing, a public person. Whereas there are so many missing people in Australia that go missing every single day. Mm. Um, you follow the police on Facebook and they are constantly post- posting up about missing people that they are gravely concerned for. And we don't find out what the outcomes of these are, but this is not an uncommon occurrence. And yet, if you are rich, well, and rich and good-looking and well-known, you're going to get much more attention. Anyway, uh, next text message. Yes, we should always count our blessings. We in Australia are in the top 5% of wealthy population in the world. Isn't that a fact? Yeah, for sure. Stopping parents from having their say, the socialist agenda's plan is to take full control of children from their parents. The teachers are trained to do so. That is why they are paid very well to do what the Department of Education tells them. A catch-22, do as you are told or lose your job, and all that goes with it. Like the vaccination choice worldwide, take it or no work. I wonder if people will ever wake up to what's happening around the world. We truly live in the last days, which actually is a good thing. All this suffering will be left behind us very soon when Jesus returns. Mm. Uh, another one here, following the Germans coming to Australia to escape religious persecution. Very interesting and sad that this was done to, what, sad what this was done to them in World War I. As we know, this was done also to Italians and Japanese in World War II. It was. Also, many Nazis also came to Australia after, I should say, World War II. Actually uh, met one many years ago and spent a week looking after his house after being asked by a friend who lives next door as he was going back to Germany for a holiday. A beautiful 300-acre property down Cooma Way. Very impressive. Double-story stone house, which he built himself with dams full of trout. 
Obviously, I didn't know till later that he was an ex-Nazi. <laughs> there you That's go. pretty intense. Oh, it's very intense. It's very, very intense. And you wonder where a lot of that money came from when uh, these guys you know, <laughs> disappeared from uh, Germany. I thought most of them went to Argentina, but uh, yeah. I guess they went wherever they could find sanctuary. For sure. Uh, some fascinating history that uh, has never really been rewritten. A lot of these guys just simply disappeared, and there was no justice. You know, there was mm. justice for some of them for sure, but there was a whole bunch of them for which there was no justice, mm. and they were never caught, and they lived out their lives in peace, and they wanted to, you know, put all of that behind them and just move on. And for a lot of them, they did, uh, but you know, that does not mean that they should not have paid the price, paid the consequences for the terrible things that they did. Anyway, let's turn in our Bibles because our Bibles kind of continue this theme. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 16. So we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Because we are studying the book of Deuteronomy, we are are going to the book of Deuteronomy. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 16. The Bible says, At that time I instructed the judges, You must hear the cases of your fellow Israelites and foreigners living among you. Be perfectly fair in your decisions. Okay, hear the cases of who? Um, the Israelites and the foreigners and be uh, impartial. Be impartial. Yeah. Be perfectly fair. Mm. That's what the Bible says, and the Bible is very specific about this. You can't have one law for one person and one law for another. the The challenge that we live in Western society is that we do not have a justice system. <laughs> we have a legal system, mm. and in a legal system, a legal system is always going to favour the wealthy. And we can see that over and over again. I was watching a documentary just the other day of uh, you know this murder case in Florida, mm. where there was you know a family. They're all dentists. They're all wealthy. They're all well respected in society. Uh, one of them was married to this guy that they particularly didn't like. The marriage broke up, and so one of them hired a Mexican immigrant, gave him a hundred thousand dollars to go and shoot this guy. <laughs> Yikes. So this Mexican immigrant, you know, he's he's down and out and uh, doing it tough. So um, he and a mate, they head up there and shot the guy to death mm. in his garage. The police caught up with them. Uh, they particularly caught up with his mate. They caught up with his mate first and they were able to offer his mate a deal. They're like, well, you didn't pull the trigger. You were just riding in the car. Um, you know, we will give you a much reduced sentence if, uh, if you testify. Mm. And so he testifies. And so the um, the Mexican immigrant is found guilty of murder, rightfully so, yeah, and of receiving money for that murder, rightfully so, uh, and of receiving money from this particular family individual, right? So he's found guilty. They've got the whole thing is laid out in court, and he goes to jail, and no one in that family of dentists has been charged. Wait, no, wait. So hold he's on, found on, on, guilty and he goes to jail for receiving money from that family to go and commit that murder. But and n- no one in that family has been has charged. Has been charged. What? This is the, this is the this is the money gap. This is this is what's called a legal system rather than a justice system. Wait, but like I would think that at least something would you be would think to that them. if one person was found guilty of half the crime, yeah. And he's found guilty of that half of the crime because of what the people on the other half actually did, and he goes to jail for it. You would think so, wouldn't you? Yikes. Yes. I wonder what happened to the money. 
Okay. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 19. Yeah. Deuteronomy 16 and verse 19. Then just as the Lord our God commanded us, we left Sinai and traveled through the great and terrifying wilderness, as you yourselves remember, and headed toward the hill country of the Amorites. No, wait, 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 wait. Chapter 16? Oh. And I'm reading chapter 1 and verse 19. <laughs> You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, chapter 16 and verse 19, the Bible says this, uh, as I get it here on the page, you must never twist justice or show partiality. Never accept a bribe or bribes, uh, for bribes blind the eyes of the wise and corrupt the decisions of the godly. Yeah, isn't that a fact? Yeah, of course. And you look at a situation like this one that I just outlined and it makes you ask questions. Mm. How did they not have enough evidence? If one person is convicted, they have the evidence to convict one person. How do they not have the evidence to convict the other? Totally. So who's paying for what? Mm. Is it because they've got enough money to pay for the world's best lawyers or is it because they've got enough money to own the entire police department of the town in which they live? Mm. It is... Most concerning mm. uh, that this kind of thing happens. There was another. There was another documentary that I, I watched, which involved the church where a young Catholic priest uh, abducted and then raped and then murdered. Well, they're not sure they actually believe that he murdered and then raped uh, this young girl and threw her into a canal. Mm-hmm. And uh, the priest, the head priest, found out about it and had the young. Mer- the young man moved off to a monastery somewhere else in the mm. United States and then smoothed it over with the police department so that the police department didn't investigate anything because they wanted to protect the name of the Catholic Church. Mm. You know, it'd be pretty rough if one of our pastors here, you know, within our church went and committed that kind of a horrific uh, deed, a horrific act. Thankfully, we don't have, you know, mandatory celibacy and so it does reduce the possibility of that somewhat. But to cover it all over like that and then it traced through the whole story. It took them like 30, 40 years for the family to track it down and to eventually find justice and to eventually have this guy arrested. Um, you know, obviously they were able to use DNA evidence once, uh, you know, because this was something that happened in 1982. Yeah, totally. and they were able to find some DNA and track this guy down and have him arrested and he went to jail mm. for two years and then he died. And you kind of think there's no justice there. Wow. Well, there's there's only a little bit of justice. Mm. It's just a just a fraction. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter twenty four and verse seventeen. There is justice that you know God says that God will bring justice. Uh, chapter twenty four and verse seventeen. Seventeen, where the Bible says true justice must be given to foreigners living among you and to orphans, and you must never accept a widow's garment as security for her death. Debt. 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 Yeah, absolutely. This is interesting right here because you often think about um, it's the, the, the justice that they're talking about here. You must never take a widow's garment, and, you know, this would be their outer garment, mm. your coat, the thing that keeps you warm. You could never take that as a, uh, a, a pledge for their debt, to hold it in surety mm. for their debt. So you lend them some money. I'll give you this, you can hang on to this until I pay back the debt. Kind of like you would do at a pawn shop, you know, P-A-W-N shop, 
uh, where you you know you can go there and you can get uh, an instant loan, a cash loan, and you can and and you let them hold something. They hold it for a while. If you don't come back, they sell it. If you do come back, then you can redeem it. And the Bible says you can't take a widow's um, coat as a pledge because mm. they might not be able to redeem it. Mm. If they can't redeem it, what are they going to do come winter? In those days, people only owned one coat. Mm. Um, and uh, it's interesting here that, you know, you shall not pervert justice due to the stranger or the father- fatherless. Mm. You don't have one law for you know, one person and another law forever. And if you go back through history, our the, the history of our world is littered, is absolutely littered with examples of where, you know, one nationality has had a law that favours them over another nationality that lives within their borders. In fact, that's the norm in history. Totally. Um, and what you've got is that, you know, you've, you've got, what, 6,000 years of the history of sin on this planet. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's the ultimate evidence of the selfishness of the human heart, like, and the want to just, yeah, like, you ultimately want to make the situation better for yourself, you know, over someone else. Like, Look at the Apostle Paul. Mm. You know, the Apostle Paul's um, going around doing his missionary thing, and there's times when he's threatened with being beaten. There are times when he is beaten. Mm. But the moment that he speaks up and reveals the fact that he is a Roman citizen, mm. the law changes. Yeah, that's Why? Right. Because the law for Roman citizens in the Roman Empire was very, very different from the law from everybody else. Mm. And we recognize that today in modern Western society as being unjust. Yeah, that's right. And but that's a very modern concept. Mm. Now this is not something that has existed throughout the history of the world. This is something that has only existed in some societies in recent times. Mm. And it's an aberration of history. And yet for God's people, it has always existed. Yeah. It has always been the case. Mm. Because we serve a God of justice. That's right. Deuteronomy chapter twenty seven and verse nineteen. We've got a bunch of Bible verses to get to this morning. Deuteronomy 27 and verse 19. 27 and verse 19. Curses anyone who denies justice to foreigners, orphans, or widows, and all the people will reply, Amen. 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 Mm. And particularly, you want to notice here, the Bible addresses the issue of single mothers. Mm. Uh, the word widow in the Bible is is in many ways is a reference to somebody who is a not just you know somebody who is bereaved but a single mother. So mm-hmm. you know the husband is either dead or has left for whatever reason. And how many single single mothers do we have in our society? We have a slow, lot of single single fathers as well, but nothing like as many single mm. uh, mothers. Totally and. Throughout the Bible, you're going to find the word widow, 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 widow. Look up the word widow and see how many times it is mentioned in the Bible. Mm. And God's care for the widow. What are you doing for the single mothers in your community? How are you yeah. reaching out to the single mothers in your community? I think it ultimately represents, and it also uses, you know, orphan and foreigner here. It ultimately represents a vulnerable class of people. Yes. Um, yes. And the, the point that God is really trying to make here is that, you know, justice um and fairness and kindness and care like you know all of these things that god deems as a right for humans to receive will be received by everyone even the most vulnerable that's right mm. and you know we we talk about some modern situations where 
people have got off with things that they shouldn't have got off off with because they were wealthy enough to pay for the lawyers that are able to accomplish it. But back in the day, really, uh, a legal outcome depended on how much who could pay the judge more. Mm. That's really what it came down to. You know, even with elections and so forth, it came down to who could pay the most people to vote for you. Mm. Uh, and if you had deep enough pockets, then you could do it. Dude, the best example of that, like, ever in history is just, like, I just love, like, ob- observing, you know, how communism has played out over the last 100 years. And that, like, I'm I'm not going to... Uh, I don't want to take this the next step and say, like, oh, perfect communism would work because it obviously doesn't work. But every single form of, of communism that was tried to be put in place always turned into what's called vanguard communism, which was where, oh, yeah, everyone else is equal except for a vanguard class who controls everyone else. That's right. It's like every every time... Classic animal farm. Uh, yeah. All people are equal, just some people are more equal than others. <laughs> That's right. And it's and more people are equal than others because they have to control the other equal people, you know. Yes. And that's exactly what takes place. And it's there is no justice. Like that's the reality. No. And it's because of the selfishness of the human heart. Like you Absolutely. want to you want to have things better than other people. Like that's that's the reality of the situation. Even in a even in a society like in a system that claims to give people ultimate justice in the social and monetary sense. Like it it still doesn't come to pass. Whereas again, I feel like how this could work is because they have that external force, God, who is Perfect. Yes. Who, who can actually direct them towards judge uh, justice. Mm. Absolutely. All right, let's go to, uh, let me where are we going to next? Let's go to Amos chapter 2 and verse 6. We're going to launch out of, we've, we've built a, a foundation in Deuteronomy. We're now going to compare what the rest of the Bible has to say with what Deuteronomy has to say. Mm. Uh, Amos chapter 2 verse 6, it's a very poetic verse, this one. Um, it's written in poetry. And so let's see what it has to say. Go for it, Lawson. Amos chapter 2 and verse 6, the Bible says this. This is what the Lord says. The people of Israel have sinned again and again, and I will not let them go unpunished. They sell honorable people for silver and poor people for a pair of sandals. Yeah, let me read this from the KJ. It's more 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 poetic in the KJV. Yeah. Uh, Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they sell the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of sandals. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, Did we read this verse already? We read the verse, yeah. We read the verse. Okay, so let's go back and talk about the verse that we just Mm -hmm. read. Mm-hmm. Uh, where am I? Amos 2 and verse 6, Thus says the Lord, For three transgression of Israel and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they sell the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of sandals. Yeah, wow. So what's God saying here? Um, that these people are just. They're, they're, sorry, no, no they're, wait, they're wait. corrupt. They're cor- yeah, that's right. That's what not just. I thought means. you said just. No, I didn't hear the not. I aren't. I said these people aren't just. Oh, aren't. Okay. Yes. Um, these people are not just, and they are corrupt, and they will sell you as quick as look at you. And what does God say? Their punishment will come. Mm. Justice will happen. It's going to take place. The Bible is full of this kind of a concept. Let's go to Amos chapter 4 and verse 1. Mm. It's, it's interesting how, yeah, but there's also a different price, you know, the honourable, uh, you know, higher priced than the poor as if, you know, there's more value to them uh, as a 
slave as a sold slave. Um, but okay, so Amos chapter four, and what was the verse again? Amos chapter 4, let's go to Amos 4 verse 1. The Bible says, Listen to me, you fat cows living in Samaria, you women uh, who oppress the poor and crush the needy, who are always calling to your husbands, bring us another drink. Ouch. (laughs) That is is rough. Ouch. God just called a bunch of women fat cows. That's what the Bible says. That Don't is, blame me. Literally, I just read the Bible. I've got people looking at me with horror in the studio I, right now. I read like, it. Did you just say that on air? We just read that we from the Bible. It. We just read that from the Bible. Okay, so let's think about the class of people that God is addressing right here. These are people who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, and who just live for the next drink of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Do we have those kind of people living in the upper echelons of society today? These are messages that Mm. God is writing to the upper echelons of society. And why is it that God is not holding back right here? Why is it that God is not being a bit more um, merciful with his language? Mm. The reason is that these are the kind of people who you are not going to catch their attention any other way. Because they are rich and increased with goods, they are in want of nothing, they have the power, they are exercising the power. Why would they listen to what God says unless God speaks up? Yeah, that's right. And so God speaks up and uses, yeah, some pretty strong language right there. Okay, let's continue on. Let's go to Amos chapter 5 and verse 11. The Bible says, You trample the poor, stealing their grain through taxes and unfair rent. Therefore, though you build beautiful stone houses, you will never live in them. Though you plant lush vineyards, you will never drink wine from them. Okay, so why is God why why is God condemning these people? Um, for you know, being really bad landlords, <laughs> increasing rent prices and taxes. And obviously this is coming from the perspective of, yeah, higher class people who own lots of property, who maybe are They build officials. houses of hewn stone. Mm. These nice square stones that have been, you know, beautifully cut out other than stones that have been picked up and piled one on top of each other to build a wall. Mm. Build houses of hewn stone. And what does God say will have, what will be their result, their outcome? Their outcome is that they will never drink in their, of their wine. They'll never live in their houses. They, they won't harvest their vineyards. Mm. Did that actually happen? Mm. Good question. Uh, possibly not. I. Yeah, it's a good question. Of course, in Amos's time, um, you know, you have the invasions that come through, and so he's speaking to a time when you know Israel is about to be taken captive. That's right. Mm. And so there was a literal local application for that time. But when you look at it from a worldwide spiritual perspective, you could say, well, you know, we read this verse today, we apply it to ourselves today, and uh, you know, people that are oppressing the poor today. Uh, are they not living in nice houses? Yeah. Are they going to lose their property? Are they going to, you know, lose all of this? And for many, there are many that have lived their entire lives like this, mm. and they have come to the end of their life, and they have died, you know, in their own personal private suite, in their own personal ICU ward, whatever it might be. Mm. And there has been no justice. Mm. 
Mm. So what do we do about that? What do we say about that? Did, does God's, is God's prophecy failing right here? No, God's not, prophecy is not failing because the Bible says that the reward of the righteous is that they will build houses and live in them. Yes. They'll plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. That's what the Bible says. These people will never even get the opportunity to build those houses. Mm. They will see the reward of the, of the righteous. They will see the new Jerusalem. They will see all that they have lost. They will see people who are worshiping Jesus, that are with Jesus every day, face to face, and they were. Re- and this is why the Bible says that when you know people like this that are alive when Jesus comes back will mourn. And the same thing will happen again when you know at the end of the thousand years. This this will be repeated when every evil person that's ever lived is resurrected back to life to give you know to have their opportunity in the judgment to say their peace, and they will see. Because the Bible describes, you know, the New Jerusalem. They they surround the New Jerusalem. The walls of that city are as clear as crystal. You can see straight through it. They can see everything that is on the inside, and they will feel the weight of the loss mm. that they have suffered for a few momentary pleasures here on this earth. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It was very sad. Let's go to our next verse, Isaiah chapter three. Uh, and if you're starting to get the impression that this is a theme that runs through the Bible, you would be absolutely correct. <laughs> All right, Isaiah chapter 3. Verse 14 and 15. Verse 14 and 15, the Bible says, The Lord comes forward to pronounce judgment on the elders and rulers of his people. You have ruined Israel, my vineyard. Your houses are filled with things stolen from the poor. How dare you crush my people, grinding their faces, uh, grinding the faces of the poor into dust. Uh, demands the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. Did you read verse 15 as well? Uh, yeah, I read both of, both of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Okay, so the Lord will end a judgment with the elders of his people and his princes. Who's God going after here? Like uh, the rich people? The leadership of his church. Yeah. That's who he's going after. And, you know, I think that for, you know, you and I, we have leadership roles in our church. There's an incredibly high responsibility mm. On us, a higher responsibility on us because of the influence that we have. Yeah. So many of all verses here that we did not get time for Isaiah 10, 1 to 2, Jeremiah 2, 34. You can look those up in your spare time. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. But right now it is time for Question of the Day. All right. Wow. A yes. question comes in from Sky, and the question is, will Jesus return before the mark of the beast, and will the righteous live like dogs under the tribulation? Yeah, so this was a fairly long question. We had to shorten it a little bit just to fit it onto the show, uh, but we tried to summarize it as best as we could. So we're going to start off in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10, where the Bible says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the witch. So here the Bible is, what the Bible is going to tell you when it says in the witch, it's telling you what's going to happen in that day when Jesus comes back. So in the witch, in the day that Jesus comes back, the heavens will pass away with a great noise. That's the atmosphere. Uh, the elements will melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So the Bible is very, very clear that when Jesus comes back, the earth will melt and the atmosphere will be just completely uh, destroyed by fire. And so as a result of that, this verse here does not allow for anyone to survive the return of Jesus Christ on earth. 
So in case you missed that, let me read it again. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the witch. The atmosphere will pass away with a great noise. The elements will melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So the Bible is crystal clear that when Jesus comes back, no one will survive that event on earth. The only way to survive that event is to be taken to heaven with Jesus. Okay, so how does that relate to the mark of the beast? Well, clearly the mark of the beast is not going to be enforced after Jesus comes back because there's nobody here alive here on this earth after Jesus comes back. That simply does not exist. There's nobody left alive on earth after Jesus comes back. So therefore the mark of the beast must be enforced previous to that. Okay, so does the Bible then say that we will be treated like dogs and and and, and during the persecution of the tribulation and live like dogs during the tribulation. Okay, let's have a, have a bit of a think about this for a moment and see where this thought comes from. This is a very, very modern concept in Christianity. It's a very, very modern concept in Christianity. It has only existed in Christianity for about 150 years, and that is that when Jesus comes back, the righteous will be taken to heaven and that the tribulation will continue here on this earth uh, for a short period of time, um, and that the righteous won't go through any tribulation, and it is very strongly linked to the prosperity gospel. Now, the the you know the whole claimant, uh, um, uh, you know, claim it and receive it kind of theology, uh, the prosperity gospel is a massive appeal to the flesh. Basically, it's a gospel that is saturated in an appeal to the flesh. It's all about yourself, it's all about your wants, it's all about you being wealthy, it's all about you being prosperous and having you know, long life and health and all of these kinds of things. It is not about what the Bible says. Now the challenge of course with this is that in Western society we look at the prosperity gospel and we say, well if Jesus loves us enough to give us lots of wealth and prosperity, then... Clearly Jesus can't ever remove that stuff because to remove that stuff would be the opposite of love. And so they look at God as being like a sugar daggity or like an indulgent parent, and so then they come up with this theory of getting away from the tribulation. Oh, surely we're not going to go through any hard times. God would never allow us to go through hard times because God wants us to be wealthy. It's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah. Okay, so let's think about the days of Noah for uh, as an example because Jesus says it will be just like that or as it was in the days of Lot. Jesus uses both of those terms right there. And when we think about those terms, we find that, okay, how was it in the days of Lot or Noah? Did Noah go through tribulation? Yes, he certainly did. Did he die? No, he did not die. Why did he not die? Because God protected him. What about Lot? Did Lot go through tribulation? Did he lose all of his earthly possessions? Yes, he did. But did he die? No, he did not die. Everybody else died, but Lot didn't. Same with Noah. Everybody else died, but Noah didn't. Same with the end of time. Everybody else died, but the righteous don't. They go through some pretty hard times, for sure. But if you want to know, and if you know, some people are really freaked out over it and they're scared about it and they constantly live in this anxiety, 
That is not Christianity. Jesus says, your bread and your water shall be sure. Jesus says, he will look after you. He will provide you, provide for you. And Jesus says, Psalms 91, if you have anxiety over the mark of the beast and you're afraid of it and you're afraid of, you know, escaping to the mountains or whatever it might be and it plays on your mind, then you need to go and memorize Psalms 91. And every time you feel anxiety over the mark of the beast, just sit down and recite, recite Psalms 91 to yourself until that anxiety goes away because anxiety is not the way that a Christian, not an experience that a Christian should have. We need to place our trust in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.